Blog Talk Radio. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air. No doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday is 8 o'clock. We are now going to make this is the hottest day of the week. Others in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the bring about specifics and the group based on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air same as your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding others in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments.
when the goddess the goddess uh transitioned into January second. Um, lady, the goddess or lady is of course a, a word uh, that means Lord. It's the equivalent of Lord in old English. Yeah, the queen Naga Nagu rather. Chris Wilson, Doctor Francis Chris Wilson transcended on the second of January. Dr. Double Blair, King the guy here, transitioned on the 31st. It's 30 days afterwards. Good thing. So, you know, ancestors are um, talking to us, you know, about something. You, you can hear it in there, um, in some of their correspondences of the past, how uh, certain things transpired, and um, before they, I mean, they were very prophetic and very ahead of their time in certain issues they brought to the table through that, through the, um, you know, through the all, through the grace of the mind of the all, all is mine. So, so give thanks, you know. Um, also give thanks to First World Order Radio, to the, the guy and the goddess over there. Everywhere, you know, they keep me going, you know, get things. And uh, also, it's something in the air. It is definitely something in the air because I was, I'm been route. That's what took so long. I was doing, so, I was going to my nephew's basketball game. He just started back playing basketball. He had academic suspension, something like that. Really, it was his mom. He had his, his grades went up to par, but he got it up better average on the last semester. So he was back on the team today was his birthday. On the team, I was going to the game, and I was going to attempt to do the block talk there as well. Things got thrown in the mix, those so I didn't go to the school twice, uh, forgot something, went back, <laughs> came back home, went back. Then I was, they found out that I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have my battery, so I didn't have enough battery life on my phone. So I just decided to come on back, and I'm going to go and pick him up at 830. See, the game started at seven thirty, whatever, and all that. But I'm gonna pick them up at eight thirty. I do want to go ahead and, and I want to get this in. This was a uh, the basketball thing was last thing. It was this early this morning. Need to be more organized. I know, right? Seems <laughs> like it's something always trying to jump in the middle of uh, our experience and truth. You know, they say family is the major one of the most major distractions or something like that within the. Um, someone who is embarking on a journey of self-realization. I, I sense that is to be true, but there is a balancing factor within all that. You do have to take, you do have to take, you know, an initiative that family is uh, a part of you. You know, you wouldn't be here doing certain things without basically um, being able to observe certain things going on in your family, you know what I'm saying? That's more or less one of the reasons why um, we wake up. We have black sheep or whatnot, but we can't. We shouldn't go around, you know, trying to deliberately force someone else to uh, participate in, in something they might not be ready. They might not have readily uh, be, you know. It takes time, you know. Be just be patient with yourself, and then you're going to be patient with others. So, but what, what I mean is, I know a lot, a lot of things go on within the structure of the family, and um, you know. I, I mentioned how my father passed away and all that, you know, a few years ago. So uh, this is a balancing thing. We have to learn to do certain things. Children growing, 
they have impressions in their mind about certain uh, people that they love or whatnot being at certain activities or just a memory or picture of certain things or people that they appreciate. And when uh, they might be removed from that picture, that individual child may remove themselves from their own image that they see, you know, that they have experienced in their, as, as far as what they are participating with. So they might not want to do the thing that they were participating in because the one they love that stepped away or no longer there to enjoy what they are enjoying because it was something maybe that that you know, other individual enjoyed too and wanted to see, you know. But uh, so like going to the basketball game, it was something that my pop used to do. So I, you know, I, I decided last year to make sure I, I attended any game that uh, old nephew was playing in. Nephew, I call him, I call him Nephru. You know, Nephru. That's what he, that's what he says in my phone. Is Nephru, Nephru. So, forgive thanks and speaking on the Nephru. Um, I'm gonna learn something that uh, Doctor Devin Blair had. Uh, this was in 2014, I think, a couple years ago. He was speaking to a brother on the I think it was Underground Railroad um, radio station. Get down to the brother. His brother, um, Rick, brother Rick, his name, but he interviewed him. I, I edited some of it like that, so uh, it will be it, it cut it down with it's about like thirty minutes long. Um, but he he's going to be talking about pretty much uh, the planetary shift, uh, like the position of the equinox, and the Wormwood, a few other things, um, dealing with basically the um. The paradigm shift and the transition that is uh, taking place going into the higher dimensions of, of uh, you know ultimate reality. Doctor, Doctor a good brother. He opened up the medicine over there in Chicago a few years ago, back in the in the seventies, and uh, he's been moving around for the past fifty years doing doing all type of things, lecturing, teaching on uh, different facts, experience with, uh, you know, the information as he unfolded and researched, you know, self and, you know, he discovered who he was. And in his discovery, he um, went out and disseminated that information to the to the masses that they saw in their availability to absorb that information. So, um you know, he, he talked about everything. That's why I call him the Iron Man of Consciousness. He, he would talk about everything from, you know, from uh, Egypt or Kenya all the way to the Melanin Wars and and basically, like, everything, you know, telephone, te- well, technology and how it is uh, causing uh, it's, uh, it's the hypnotizing effects and the brainwashing effects, as well as the detrimental um the adverse effects to one's health as well as, as it, uh, not just telephone, but technology. And also he, he spoke on, on different um, aspects of, of science in general, metaphysical science. And uh, he was, like I said, a very, prof- he is a very profound uh, teacher. And um, I actually had to, I actually had the opportunity to meet him in 2012, 2011. Actually, that's when I met, when uh, myself and I, um, well, I met Dr. Aline and Dr. I mean, and uh, Kadir as well as uh, Coach Kate and first Tachi instructor all in the same day. So that's a that's a blessing. And um, 
I get thanks. The brother, I recall, it was it was uh, strange because it's like I I remember his you know I got notes from the lecture and everything. I got them right here in the gold from uh, and uh, from the, the vernacular correspondence. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, but um, that day he when I was we was uh, departing, we was about to leave out. I recall that I went up to to greet him and to uh, pretty much give my respect for how, you know, what he is uh, instilled in me and, you know, listening to him for the past, I like that. In 2011, I probably listened to him for maybe a year, maybe two years. I just got to the, um, pretty deep into the internet type of community mm-hmm. with, with consciousness at that time. But uh went up to him and was like, I appreciate everything you're doing, you know, whatever, whatnot, and just uh, shook his hand. And he, I was shaking his right hand, and he grabbed my left hand too, and shook that one, you know, like like he formed the X with both hands, and he said something to me. And um, I looked at him, I smiled, and I said, "Thank you." And I, I, I mean, I get thanks for what he said, but I'm gonna be honest to myself, <laughs> to and to him, and to what I, I don't know what he said, and uh, I don't know physically what he told me at that moment. And um, as far as through his through vocal through his vocal cords, I didn't comprehend the words that he he uh, spoke to me. I well, subconsciously I must have because I agreed to whatever he had told me, and I thanked him again. And then um, he looked at me, smiled, and he said something. He said something else about the information. And he, a female came by and he started talking. There's a female and a male came and they started to uh, give thanks to the guys, guys for that, um, too, because um, they we were talking about something. I remember building with them as well. It's was, it was been a few years, though, so uh, and I was going through some things, getting off some things, something like that. But I give thanks to uh, to the dear brother for um, his, his enlightening um, information, is the walk that he, he uh, journeyed on. I get thanks, you know, I say, I say, I say also as well to uh, to the good sister, um, Dr. Francis Chris Wilson. Again, again, I say, you know, keep it in your hearts and in your, in your minds, you know what I'm saying? There's a powerful king and queen right there that uh, transition on this, on this gateway to the this transitioning period, you know what I'm saying? The door, the door, and the key. So we need to be paying attention to uh, to our actualizations and what what we are participating with mentally and um, as well as emotionally and physically. So you know the the spirit is going to do what it's going to do. Got to put our mind over matter so that we can allow the spirit or intelligence to play its proper role. And its exactation, its movement, uh, its purpose, you know. So, the practical purpose of anything is natural. All right. So, uh, going to keep it moving with that. You know, so, like I'm saying, he's, he's a good brother. He's a good brother. And, you know, uh, I, I named this one the Iron Body. Uh, well, Iron Man, I mean, I'm just based on um, why I was naming it that. There's different reasons, but of course he's the Iron Man of uh, 
of, of confidence. Like I said, he put his uh, mind on a lot of things, and his think tank was filled with a lot of information. As all the good um, researchers and, and the masters have have done, they have uh, took the time out to took the time and space out. Right? You know what I'm saying? To actually actually um, participate with itself, and then after you know gaining a an abundant amount of information. They also took time, space out, <laughs> time, space out. You know what I'm saying? Continue to actually come out here and uh, share it with us and, and give us some insight, and also open up our minds and our hearts to be able to embark on our journeys and give us a little fuel, you know, along the way to you know keep us moving and, and have a keep your head up, you know. And these the dire times, you know, it's always good to have something to look forward to. And that's something to look forward to at the end of the day is I felt, you know, and as long as we are what I used to call running from the bear, you know what I'm saying, if we're going to be, you know, everything that we are searching for is going to be elusive due to the fact that what we're really running from is not behind us. It's, uh, you know, it's right there with us, it's in us, and it's in front of us. It is us. We're running from ourselves, the bear. In actuality, it's us not bearing down, you know, and just saying, hold it right there. You fear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? False experiences appearing real. You're right. Let's face everything and relax. You know what I'm saying? So, they're doing, doing something for us right now. So, give thanks and I say, you know, for the libations and whatnot. I'm on a. Um, Myself in a second, I had some. Uh, oh, well, yeah, of course, the Iron Man contest is another reason because you, you deal with the Iron Man, you got to deal with the Iron Man contest somewhere. And, you know, the Iron Man contest it consists of like running, swimming, and uh, a bike, a bicycle, like marathon. So you got three different, it's a trial, that's a trial, uh, how you say that word? Uh, not marathon, triathlon, yeah, triathlon, triathlon, I think that's how you say it, but it's a tri- like three different parts of the race, so, you know, there's three different parts of, of the race that the Ironman has to run, so, you know, you got your, you got your uh, mental, you got your emotional, your physical, you know what I'm saying, he, he won his race, you know, of course, he was number one on that right there, <laughs> we're all winners, right, so, you know what I'm saying, it ain't no... Ain't no losers. Say so they say a, a winner is only a slow loser, you know, because eventually we do have to go home and think about, dang, I just beat that guy. He got to go home to his family, and they're gonna be like, you lost, but we're gonna go out anyway and eat. But you, you, you know, the dude got to sit there, which you know what I'm saying. So a winner is only a slow loser. It's not. There is no loser. I mean, to stop competing against each other over um, the pettiest little physical things that are not so uh, permanent, you know what I'm saying? The, the superficial and the transient, you know, this physical shell is only that. It's a shell, you know, that uh, it has its limits. And, you know, if we look at the earth, we notice that the earth has a process called erosion, whereas um, the elementals eventually cause planetary elements of, of what we call dirt or dust or dust or whatnot um, 
part of it or I'm in this initiating. So we have a, a cliff that's, you know, right here a thousand years ago that might be a hundred feet from the water. A thousand years later, it might be, you know, 500 feet from where the water is. You know what I'm saying? So it moved, the cliff actually started shrinking because of erosion. Same with the physical body, you know, every day we're out in the elements or we're doing something moving, you know. Every time we touch the big toe to the floor when we wake up, we exert energy. So that's a, a form of uh, losing vitality or energy or chi or whatnot. And um, that is also, you know, a process of life, though. So, but there's ways to uh, prolong that or, or ways to prevent that from being uh, so, uh, or so, um, you know, right there in our face like it is sometimes now, you know, 40, 50, whatnot years old, you know, things are occurring. But all in all, we have an advantage, and, uh, and that's called self-healing. And also other things, you know, out there that can help uh, introduce a better a better side of health. Um, but, yeah, being that he was, like I said, the Iron Man, you know, mastering self and um, being able to help others out here as well, that's a, a major key in being who you are or obtaining knowledge of self is... Uh, basically service to others, you know, not service to self. You know, basically, once you have really obtained knowledge of self, you're going to put down everything and do for others because, you know, when you're doing for others, you're actually doing for yourself. One of the, one of the axioms of, uh, one of the maxims of, of Shindao is um, we go through four directions, and the third direction is, no, that's a second direction. The first direction is, a, what is it, honor to myself and others at all times. No, honesty to myself and others at all times. And honor, humility to, um, humility to all in thoughts, words, and deeds. Honor to those who came before and those who come after, and patience. I will put the needs of others before my own. So on the on the third, or on the fourth, and the needs of others before before one's own. So I, our goal in life, uh, of course, is first to self and then the, the source or to others. You know, yet you know, if I, because if we're not right, then how? Why would I wonder? Or how can I attempt to? Um, assisting anyone else if mentally I know I'm not good so therefore, you know, physically or emotionally I won't be good. So we have to you know, infusing the spirit within the mind gives the body the potential that it needs or power that it needs to you know have at easeness or whatever, you know what I'm saying? To be happy, inner peace, you know, how tough or not. To, to have that uh that inner smile going on and keeping up you know keeping up your um, keeping up everything from within so that everything on the on the external will pan out correctly too. Uh, so he's the Iron Man, you know, but we also got to look at this is this is iron that we're talking about. Iron is a 
is a very important element in you know in history. It is described as the longest and best of all the micronutrients because it is one of the key elements in metabolism of all living organisms. And in humans and us, it's like the most essential component of all the other hundreds of proteins and enzymes because without it, there wouldn't be a, a lot of enzyme uh, reactions and protein reactions. One of the major functions of uh, iron is this transportation of oxygen. Within iron, there's a is hem. Hem is, is a, um, like the iron-containing compound that's found in all, just about all um, biological molecules. Basically, all things live have hem in it. It's in the blood. Um, this is called hemoglobin and, and uh, myoglobin. They're hem-containing proteins. And they, they transport, they actually move the oxygen through the blood. Hemoglobin is what's found in the red blood, and it um it takes up, it makes up like two thirds of the body's iron. And it is um it's the vital role of hemoglobin is transporting oxygen from the lungs to the body. And it's a unique process. It's basically that it uh, it acquires oxygen rapidly enough so that spends a, a small amount of time in contact with the lungs and then it releases the oxygen that's needed during the circulation through the tissue. So, you know, my, myoglobin is pretty important too. It puts uh, oxygen in the muscle cells. So um, whenever we, you know, exert energy in the muscle, you get the oxygen back in there. Also, with iron, it is uh, the antioxidant and a beneficial pro-oxidant. It will uh, cut out the action of uh, what they call reactive oxygen species, or ROS. It will stop that in its tracks because of the accumulation of hydrogen peroxide, it'll stop the hem containing enzymes within um um within catalase and peroxidase protect cells from that from the um the accumulation of hydrogen peroxide, which can damage which can damage uh, the cells. Um iron deficiency or anemia or anemia basically um it is common in the U.S., uh, like most of the deficiencies as well as dilemmas uh, uh, within the physical structure. There's a lot of things common in the U.S., but it's, a, it's common in the world in general. Uh, there are different types of iron deficiency. Um, the base, the most um, common iron deficiency is anemia. Anemia results, it comes from... Uh, an inadequate iron, well, an inadequate amount of iron that supports a normal red blood cell formation. All right, so you remember that uh, hemoglobin is the the most is like the, the primary protein found in red blood cells. You know what I'm saying? So red blood cells are like the the of the body. 
go in there. You, you know, it's always form, the body always forming red blood cells, but they always tune them off too because the red blood cells is like a free, a free scavenger. I mean, a free radical scavenger it goes in anything that can form the body. But low iron is uh will cause us to um be deficient in red blood cells. You know what I'm saying? So anema is um iron deficiency that is causing an inadequate amount of, of red blood cells. Symptoms uh um symptoms of anema are fatigue, the breathing, uh, when you get tired, uh, rapid heartbeat, um eye deficiency you can um, empower them. Just so when the athletes, if they're out there exercising and doing or even when they're doing some strenuous type of physical work, it may impair or it could cause uh, some type of, like a headache or um, it could cause, it can cause a heart attack if someone has high blood pressure already or any type of uh, lung or heart issue. Decreased amounts of uh, Myoglobin levels in the in the muscles or the muscle cells will hinder um, the deliverance of oxygen to the mitochondria for oxidative metabolism. When that happens, um, the electron transport or the the ATP, which ATP is a full is a it's adrenal triptyl. Yeah, well, I forget the acronym. Hold up, but it basically stimulates muscle uh, or energy in the muscle. It, it uh, ATP. Mm-hmm. Right here. Uh, I'm reading. I'm reading off a bottle of. Uh, Vitamins right here. Well, actually, amino acid, L-glutamine. Oh, yeah. My eyes. I cannot see the little fine print. What do I want to make with I do not speak English. I can't read it. It's too. It's the HP went on it. But um, that helps with ATP production. Oh, well, actually, I was talking about the L-glutamine. But um, iron, they well, iron serves as an electron carrier doing the synthesis of ATP. So, like, if you exercise or something, and you, know, you lack iron, then the ATP production would be minimized. And might get that goes back to what we were talking about, you know, as far as uh, deficiencies. One of the one of the deficiencies are is what is uh, fatigue, being tired, and that would you can see why because. Uh, Especially for an athlete, if uh, if we are if one is exerting too much energy and the cells are not being refilled with certain um, hormones or, or ATP in general, for in this case, um, then we be sore for one, but also tired. You know, and, uh, those muscles will not revitalize sufficiently or efficiently as a severe iron deficiency or anemia may result in brittle type nails, um, sores at the corners of the mouth, taste buds, 
um, might get weak, the tongue will be sore. Um, some cases of advanced eye deficiency or anemia may cause the difficulty in swallowing as well. And uh, it might form webs of tissue in the throat and esophagus. So uh, uh, you have any of those symptoms, sore throat, fatigue, um, cracks in the corner of the mouth, um, sore esophagus, any webs or anything, you know, that may look like uh, webs in the throat or the or the mouth. Um, taste blood atrophy, atrophy um, or no taste in the mouth, sore tongue. Um, the basic ones are... Um, fatigue, rapid heartbeat, uh, palpitations, as well as rapid breathing after uh, strenuous exercise, right? So get that iron in when you can. Raw leafy greens are one of the best ways to get your iron. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> but uh, that is one of the best ways to get iron. Um, I have to pick my nephew up at eight thirty, but we're gonna keep it moving. I'm gonna um, go over a few more things with you real quick. Oh well, Iron Body. Before I, cause I was gonna read something that I wrote. I'm gonna read this for, and when I leave, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run that uh, that the lack of correspondence back in uh, 2014. But uh, what I wrote is called, We've Come This Far by Faye. Faye is, uh, is I spelled it out F-E. I, I might have read this before a couple of, I don't know, I'm not sure. But F-E is um 26th element. That 26th element is iron. So we've come this far by Faye. The title, We've Come This Far by Faye, is allegorical to an old Haitian proverb that states, the Constitutionist paper, bayonets are still. What is implied by this statement is that laws are fueled by the logical concepts that man has driven into the mind of the majority in order to propagate the elite's will or the little's will on individual consciousness. So in order to divert us from subjugation of this hidden agenda, we, meaning the collective, have at times took up arms in opposition of particular injustices. As a maturing, as a child maturing into adulthood, the Christian cloud of perception had enveloped my young imagination. Living amongst a household where my mother was also the pastor of our family-oriented church, which was by no means a spiritual walk with a God-knowing woman, <laughs> Martha, not being judgmental of my mother, for she, like so many others, including myself for a while, have only conscious thoughts of what has been presented to them. I recall reading Revelations for the first time at the age of 15 and then attempting to dissect and interpret and interpret the information with my inexperienced intuition. My thoughts ran rapid through past sermons by numerous preachers who hooped and hollered their way around the chapter without the slightest emphasis on the so-called hideous mark of the beast. 
I could smell the fear emanating out of my pores from a simple reprise of thoughts. The depletion of truths by terraforming the imagination had taken place. And in my adolescence, I was now being victimized by the very principles I had held in high esteem. Although my inner voice awared me that the depiction of dragons, men with gnashing teeth, and hair-like lines was merely a metaphorical rendition of something not so distant in its animalistic, savage representation, I didn't listen to my heart due to the clutter in my mind, playing back all biblical descriptions and definitions of my experience that I had learned from early childhood up to this point, now recognized by mutating the silence of mind via the vast array of external light frequencies and sound vibrations, the infinite void of our intent is captured by what may seem to be overwhelming material objects of pleasure as well as discontent. And the two-faced discourse that begins our relationship with humanity and God at the highly impressionable period of childhood stifles the inner knowing until it runs off with a sub-vocal, sarcastic voice saying, you'll find out the hard way. Fast forwarding to 1998, I was now 21 and recently honorably discharged from the Army with the diagnosis of uh, what they call paranoid schizophrenia. This stigmatic label was like a band-aid around, was like a band-aid on a wound that didn't exist. The psychiatrist only determined this mental impairment by means of relating the situation with the determining that the thinking, um, that my thinking was irrational, yet my ability to verbalize my thoughts was coherent and clear. This is when my peer experience was beginning to surface in its contaminated state. By classifying oneself in medical terms, the psychiatrist systematically concluded their, concluded through their pre-organized past patient experiences that I was mentally deficient. Known well by all visitors to their local medical facility, every ailment has a prescribed medication to treat the medicine that was recommended for myself was olanzapine, a very potent antipsychotic drug with the side effect of drooling, involuntary muscular movements, as in lips and hands, as well as major emotional, hormonal, and physical changes due to the chemical base being steroids. As one may hypothesize, this was the actualization of the perceived reality attempting to take advantage in a slave thinker. I'm going to stop it right there. That was the abridged version. But that is going to uh, with some of the information that Dr. Deborah Blair and brought to the table. One of uh, some of it was one of the topics they did discuss was uh, basically um, how this reality or this paradigm that we are in is a uh, pseudo paradigm, or it has a, a veil, basically, you know, Maya that is covering the true reality, the true essence of our, of our um, potential. And um, basically it's a systematic involvement. I call them the systematic demons. <laughs> but um, this is something that has been taking place for a couple of years now, over 100. In this paradigm of now, you know, so it is... Uh, Something to get used to, but not really. 
it needs something to adapt to in order for us to balance ourselves in this upheaval. You know, because one thing you just so you got to breathe. You know what I'm saying? So whatever's going on is in the air as well. So we do have a thing in us called melanin. Melanin, melanin is the very, it adapts to its environment. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's sort of like a, a sort of like this. You think about, like the brother talks about inoculations and vaccinations. Think about a vaccination like this. Well, think about melanin like this or intelligence in general. Um, the vaccination, when one gets vaccinated or whatever, they actually get the the um, ailment or whatever the, the disease is, you know, the flu or whatever, they actually get strands of it, the bacteria within them so that they will not get sick. All right, so now I'm going to play that on with melanin. So if this environment or if, you know, carbon, basically, or whatnot, because carbon is the chemical component within melanin, that makes up melanin. All right, so if, if that is the chemical component of carbon, it's a you know, heartbeat of life, the backbone of everything that that exists, that has breath, then it, it would say that um, being that melanin is everything and all that, if one has an abundant amount of that, that is everything within them, then it will be, in my own mind, I'm just saying, you know, point to me, it will be somewhat similar to um, immunity. Basically, if, if you are what it is, then it's not going to affect us that much because you are that. So it won't it won't cause any type of reaction or surprise, basically, to what we have to to clean out any excess of what it is not or what is contaminating it or what may be what I call or we spoke on as a deranged melanin, you know what I'm saying, maybe a European. So this deranged melanin is um, is somewhat like the GMO, GMO processed foods, it's the chemtrails, it's the stuff in the water, you know, but this deranged melanin, it causes the other melanin come. It absorbs through it, especially if one is not receiving an abundant or adequate amount of intelligence or what we may call dark matter, dark um, energy, and, and everything within that spectrum of thought. So basically, what I'm saying is, um, if one would want to increase their immunity as well as their immortality, they need to increase their intelligence or the the vitality within them or their essence. And in doing so, it will prevent or it will vaccinate them from having any other ailments by taking in what is already there, which is in the air breath. By breathing in deep conscious breaths, you become immune to whatever is in the air. You take in all the intelligence. That that is another reason that what's happening to us is happening because um, we are not attuned to all things that are in our present reality that we have to take in every day. So 
basically put it like it's a thousand years from now in any type of uh, reincarnation process if that takes place or incarnation if one chooses to come back if they have that um, if they have that ability then we would need to have an, uh, a key basically to start up the car the vehicle otherwise there's no reason to get in it you know so the key to set that car up properly is that dot, that initiating spark, that steed, that's that vortex, that's the dark hole, the dark wormhole, or, you know, the vortex, melanin. First cell that generated or regenerated into 76 trillion cells that formed this hologram of a physical structure is where we need to go back to in order for this hologram of physical structure to be um, strong and um, and available and have it uh, available, the force and energy that created it. It never left, you know what I'm saying? The force and energy, the the um, intelligence that put, like Dr. Bill Black calls it, the prime creator that basically is you, Put your, that put yourself together is still there, and it, you, all you got to do is tap back into it with a big old smile and hard intent and just talk to it, you know what I'm saying? And when everything is in conjunction and proper, uh, properly aligned within, then those things that have been elusive or haven't been able, we haven't been able to obtain, those things are, are very easily attainable because you have less to take care of inside. So what you natural, your natural process would eventually unfold right before your eyes like magic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you're treating yourself right. I mean, magic is magic. There's no such thing as bad magic or good magic or magic not working or magic working. It's all magical. You know what I'm saying? When you mess up, trip up, bust your head open, that's magic right there. It ain't good or bad. It's just the will that one has put forth, be it bad karma, good karma, whatever we want to call it, or dharma, for that matter, it, it is what it is, and it, it is uh, the mechanism that life is feeding us, and it's the mechanism that we feed life. It's a given, given take situation. All right, so that was, uh, that was something I wrote a couple of minutes back. The title, We've Come to Our Face. You know, so we've come we've come a long way by faith. Is the old saying, but uh, we've come a, a, a long way also by by metal, or by iron, or by steel. You know, another thing about iron, when you look at it, it is very strong. It's not really that strong. A lot of iron, though, the iron is strong. You know, it's one of the strongest um, elements. It makes up for it uh, as far as like uh, you know as far as it makes up uh, pretty much 5.6% of the earth's crust and almost all of the earth's core it is one of the most prominent parts it is, it's right there in the earth's core strong like that you know Huge amounts of iron make steel, the alloy of iron, because you mix 
guess what? With iron. Carbon. That's right. We, we mix carbon with iron, and we get steel. Who, who, what we call steel? But take out, take it out. We call it the iron. What we call, yeah, Superman is the man of steel, not the iron man, but the man of steel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who is one of his peoples? Well, of course, he's not a vengeance. I was thinking Iron Man is an Avenger. I think Superman is one of the Avengers. I can't, he was part of one of them groups. I was an Avenger. I can't remember. But uh, the Man of Steel is made of iron. <laughs> of, you know, iron and carbon. You know, what do we know? Is the chemical component of Yeah, well, melanin, right? Yep. And, you know, Tai Chi is an old saying that one who mastered Tai Chi has the arms of steel wrapping silk, meaning that they have the strength of, of steel, but they have the softness of silk, yin and yang, you know, saying Tai Chi. Yet, what, um, what makes steel? Yeah, that's right, carbon. Where is carbon located? In melanin. What is melanin again, though? Melanin is intelligence. Intelligence goes back to what? Breath. Breath goes and ties into what? what we call spirit in some religious aspect, yet it all goes back into one fundamental reason for acquiring out the self, and that is the first cell, melanin, that black dot, you know what I'm saying, that initiating nothingness, that water, you know, dipping back in. Now, creation or, or the transference of this energy from one state of another to another is the proper is the proper way of experiencing something so we can gain the truth out of as the good brother is going to speak on in a second mixes that that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Devil Blair did mention a lot of where he stated is that we will gain truth through the experience that's the only way you're going to, we can get that that truth is by experiencing it and you know, I I can talk about something I read. You know, I could talk about it. I'd rather not. I could talk about something all day long. I'd rather not, though. You know, the block talk is my day of talking, pretty much. I mean, I, I do speak throughout. But I'm just talking right now about that. But don't forgive me because I, I, should, I should have to apologize. But actually, you know, I am a laugh. I'm a Gemini, so I tend to talk. But I know that when talking, especially when we're talking just to there's no reason for it. Then we that's that's again exerting energy that I'm gonna have to go and do some qigong stuff to meditate to get back tomorrow so I had that vitality for you know the next couple or whatever I would mean need to be taken care of and it won't be lacking. For instance, earlier on that you know kept going up and down the street. I had to deep breathe a few times for the motions. Um, attempted to take over and I become too uh, frantic or, or anxious and aggressive trying to move down the road and then get upset because things are in, you know, so-called obstacles that I have put in my way, you know. <laughs> Basically, we are on our own, uh, you know, limb in, in, in the middle of the forest. And basically, you know, we, we victimize ourselves and we shouldn't point fingers or, or try to blame so anything is outside of us. And, you know, that's giving power than the energy that is moving through all of us. You know what I'm saying? We're giving something outside of us too much. 
attention. When the, the thing that is most important is getting misused. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like you got a car, but we just letting that car just, you know, you see it. I've seen it. Some people take care better care of the car than they do this, the personal vehicle, their, their body. And I've seen that. I remember at a store where it, it was on the sign that fit go, I think, fit or go, you know. That's the experience of life some days. Are we going to sit or we going to go? You know, but the sign stated that uh, it was like a dude, he had, you know, grease monkey type dude. He had oil all over his face, you know, on his hands. felt like he was being on the car and next to his car at the hood. And he was looking at the camera, you know, taking a picture. But he said, uh, what he said was, well, on the picture, he said, I know more about my car than I do about myself. And I, I mean, I'm saying it like he, Look, you know, I know more about my car than I do about myself. <laughs> you know, but uh, that's how he looked in the picture, and I thought about that. I was like, wow. Why would I want to know more about that car than myself? If that car break down, I can get out the car and walk home. You know what I'm saying? But if I can't walk home my car breaks down. <laughs> What's going on? I got to get on the cell phone. Uh, somebody come with a uh, you know, med back or something, you know, because I'm already in a wheelchair, you know, or whatever's going on, my car broke down now, and I can't move. But I'd rather be in a state of good health to where anything that comes, anything that comes our way, we'll be ready for, you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And the younger generation coming up right now, we we can see that they're not um, mentally or emotionally prepared because, Spirit is not flux into the physical. It's, it's not. It's not mind over matter. It's definitely matter over mind. With a lot to. I mean, majority of the, of the children. I don't say all of. Them, you know, but I have a. You know, I, I see. I see it every day. I observe it. I don't judge it. I'm judgmental. You know, I know where I'm at. And like I said earlier, it's not our job to force anything on anyone. When they are ready, they're not. You know. Like the old sayings uh, states, when the when the student's ready, the master will appear. Or vice versa, when the master's ready, the student will appear. Because we're both masters and we're both students. There is no true master, there is no true student. We are walking on the same path. One is just walked a little bit further, a little bit faster maybe, or maybe started out a little bit sooner. We give thanks. But yeah, um, so iron mixed with, with little carbon there creates uh it makes that, that that steel, that iron that iron body basically that I was uh, mixing it. Like I said, I am a Gemini, so this and I had put together a few things. Um Speaking on iron as well as speaking about um, things, you know, what Dr. Um, Deborah Blair had admitted had uh, put together in some of his research. One of the main reasons that I wanted to speak on, well, what came to my mind is something that he spoke on at the um, at that lecture in Greensboro a few years ago was the Iron Mountain Report. Uh, the Iron Mountain Report was is a it was like I guess experiment, a field test. Well, it was an experiment that they took 
back in 1963, the Kennedy administration um, put together 13 individuals, if I'm not mistaken, and they got them and took them over to a mountain over in Arizona, somewhere over there, like Area 51 area, somewhere like that. And they had them in there for a couple of years um, speaking and and talking about, basically it was uh, they were wanting to know what it would be like in a state of peace if the world would, um, how the world would react in a time of peace versus a time of war. That was what the Iron Mountain Report was about. Um, in it, they had something called peace games. And the dude asked, when it was interviewing uh, one of the people that were involved in the experiment, um, asked him what the peace games was. It, it, like the report mentioned the peace games. Peace Games, it states right here, is a method that was developed during the course of the study to support casting technique and information system. They, he was like, he was very excited about it. Even if nothing is done about our recommendations, which is conceivable, this is something that can be ignored. And this is something that can't be ignored. It will revolutionize the study of social problems. It's a byproduct of the study. We need a fast, dependable procedure to approximate the effects of this of disparate social phenomena or other social phenomena. We got it. It's in its primitive phase, but it works. And then the interviewer asked, how are peace games played? Are they like Rand's war games? And uh, uh, John Doe replied, you don't play peace games like chess or Monopoly any more than you play war games with toy soldiers. You use computers. It's a programming system, a computer language like Fortran or Algol or Jovial. Its advantage is its superior capacity to interrelate data or data with no apparent common points of reference. A simple analogy is likely to be misleading, but I can give you some examples. For instance, supposing I ask you to figure out what effect the moon landing by U.S. astronauts would have on an election, to say Sweden, or what effect the change in the draft and law specific change will have on the value of real estate in downtown Manhattan. You would probably say nothing. Um, first, that will be no effect to speak of. And second, that there will be no way of telling. But you'd be wrong on both counts. In each case, there will be an effect. And the, and the peace games method could tell you what it would be quantitatively. I didn't take these examples out of the air. We used them in working out method. We used them in a working out method. Essentially, it's an elaborate high-speed trial and error system for determining working algorithms. Like most sophisticated types of computer problem solving, a lot of games of this kind you read about are just glorified in, in conversational exercises. They really are games and nothing more. I just saw one reported in the Canadian Computer Society bulletin called a Vietnam Peace Game. They use simulation techniques, but the programming hypotheses are speculative. The idea of a program, of, the idea of a problem solving system like this is not original with us. ARPA, the Advanced Research Projects Agency of the Department of Defense, or DOD, has been working on something like it. So has General Electric in California. There are others. We are successful not because we know more than um, we are. We were successful not because we know more than they do about programming, which we don't, but because we learned how to formulate the problems accurately. It goes back to the old saw. You can always find the answer if you know the right question. 
supposing you don't develop this method, which you have come to, supposing you don't develop this method, which you have come to the same conclusions in the report. Oh, he asked that question. Suppose you didn't develop this method, well, they have came to the same conclusions in the report. But if you notice what this, uh, what he is stating and what it, significantly to me, what it sounds um, similar to as far as the Peace Games uh, scenario thing and uh, it's a computer language and it, it uh, will revolutionize, uh, what do they say up here? It will revolutionize uh, society. We're like something about society. Let me see. Uh, it's advantage and superior capacity to, to, to interrelate data with no apparent counterpoints of restaurants. Uh, this is something that can be ignored. It will revolutionize the study of social problems. Okay. Um, it's a forecasting technique and an information system. What is the Internet called? Information highway. Yeah, it was 1963. This Peace Games, uh, I'm looking at, I don't know, computer language like Fortran or Algor or Jovial. It's advantage of superior capacity to interrelate data with no apparent confidence reference. A simple analogy is like to be, likely to be misleading, but I can give you some examples. But... Basically, I'm not going to go through that again. How is it the internet? Um, hey, what other, I mean, what other way do they, can you gain information about everyone in the world, about everything everybody is doing at once, every social activity, and know about it, and then be able to actually, like, recognize every so-called individuals' actions before they even do it due to the fact of personality traits and memory triggers, and then being able to manipulate that through certain mechanisms of that, you know, the image, as well as the vibration of sound that may be superimposed or superimposed on um, anything that um, could be used against us. And, um, that could be chemtrails that have uh, messages embedded upon the the particulates, as well as uh, the flicker rates within television broadcasting, as well as the extra low frequencies in television broadcasting and the radio frequency, extra radio frequencies and radio transmissions that can be piggybacked by different um, low end vibrations or very low intelligence that will um that can and change the molecular structure or the, the structure of the cell. And so that iron man, that iron man, breathing in that iron, you need some little you know, that carbon. You know what I'm saying? Where is carbon? Carbon is the elementals basically it is melanin, it is all. It is you know, it's the essence, it's, it's new. You know what I'm saying? It's the primordial waters. So that in getting that in, then, you know, the, that iron body or the iron man formulates. And these, these muscles that you can't see or, you know, but you they do activate. It's almost like it's, a, it's muscles that you don't have to flex. So you're always still throughout, going throughout the body, but it's not a, a something that's tense that will give you any type of uh, discomfort while by restricting or by tightening the, the muscles. 
but you always you can always feel it, you know. And I I do internal martial arts, like you know, a little bit here and there. <laughs> but uh, so I've experienced it, and um, you know, I, I've learned to utilize it somewhat in life in general on, on the day to day. You know, it takes a little time to acquire a certain amount of chi and to actually be able to use it properly with this energy that we are that we are all connected to. You know, and, I mean, I can use it for whatever. We we have our choices. You know, my intention or heart intent is to use it for um, good. You know, for healing and for uh, uplifting humanity, whatnot, and not to down humanity or bring anything. We're already at a, a threshold, you know, so this transition here where we're moving into, it doesn't need to um, be stagnated by things of the past or what happened yesterday. So those things that happened yesterday were based on fear and somewhat of an unknowingness of, the, of what's accurately taking place regardless of our um, I think tank or what we thought it was, you know what I'm saying? So the thought might not be the logical reasoning application that we need to activate in order to put a real finger on where we are going, you know what I'm saying, which is right here, right now. So in this moment of now, reflect on where you are in love and regenerate that love from here to there and everywhere. So you remember, nothing's etched in stone. So whatever we say happened yesterday, not it didn't necessarily happen in that manner. We are always going to sleep and waking up. We die and we, or whatever we want to call it, die. we transition every night when we go to sleep and then we arise and we come back into a physical reality as what it is the next day. You know, so it, it mean inside of the, the Iron Iron Mountain report, it's a, it's, it goes into detail about different things as far as uh, what the world would be like in a state of cold war or no war at all, meaning peace where there is no military state of mind, police. You know, where in and in that type of that what we call a utopian society somewhat, and it's almost uh, a fantasy. Because we do this yesterday a lot, and then, I mean, if we are participating with our true self and not participating with what the world view has um, formed around our personality as who we think we are, our true self is basically who we were or who we are at that you know that that young age, that impressionable age, you know, three to around seven or eight before our personality. Has, it's really been smacked into our face, you know, and it's taken advantage of our true self, or you know, our higher self. That is, that part of self that is the essence of us, and is now being uh, diverted or changed because of the, the distraction of this, of the, uh, what we are going through. You know, but that true self is, is or our true um, potential that has been misled is. It was back then, you know, that imagination was, was not yet terraformed by the physical reality. I mean, if something came through in the road of our mind, uh, you know, it's intentionally, not naturally, but uh, 
so inside of that is, is, is inside of the this the, the, the Iron Iron Mountain report, it states it, it's, it's talking about how what will be what the world will be like without peace. And basically, what it's saying is they would rather not it have we not have peace because if the world was peace, then they wouldn't be making no money. Basically, they, what they're saying is economically speaking. Which is is where they what this whole uh, experiment was about. How it would change the economical structure of the world if it was a state of peace, because war is like one of the most uh, prolific uh, money making businesses inside of the world right now. It generates a lot of income, and they always going back to it because not only does it generate income, so to speak because that ain't really what they want. Attached to every dollar is some blood. You know what I'm saying? Some sweat. So it really ain't about that dollar bill and then billions of dollars or how much percentage that of, of uh, the economy is affected by war. It's really about how much percentage of the world is affected by world, the war, you know? being us, how we, the people, you know, the power are affected. And that's where Tavistock came in. Tavistock actually had to, they were still to this day, have the psychological warfare um, apparatus where they are experimenting on what it would be like or how to keep the world in sense of a state of war in a time of peace and how to always have that ongoing perpetually. So they, you know, they infuse our mind through the media and through um, commercialism, through the band, you know, through propaganda, to how to um, stay in a fearful um, arena of thought and not to get outside that that thought of fear and keep it moving. For instance, last week I stated that I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be on this Tuesday. So you know, I'm like, okay, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and take that break. And then um, Sunday, the 31st, I got word about God that, you know, the king of God, Dr. Um, Deborah Blair, had passed transition. So I was like, I'm going to put something together for that, you know. Uh, you know, and, but then, you know, distraction, not distraction, not distraction from that day. I kept noticing it, but I'm not, I'm not complaining, but I'm just, you know, through the observation. And also through, um, through the experience and what I've learned and been taught by other masters, by the masters. Is that uh, once we do get on this road, uh, you know, to find itself in self-realization, there will come um, a lot of distraction. You know, things that will try to keep us from going up that hill. And that so-called resistance, it, it does it, it does seem to stop us sometimes. It is resistance. That's all it is. It's something that's pulling. While we are, you know, going up, is pulling us down. Now you shake it off, keep moving. Shake, you know, pick yourself up and try again. That's what we gotta keep doing. Don't, don't let it take it. You know, to get the best of us. Because I've seen it, you know, myself. And I, and I, at first I wasn't observing in that manner, but that's um, a major issue with us is uh, succumbing to that fear. You know what I'm saying? So. Obtain that knowledge itself and actualize who you are, even though there will be resistance. Know that there will be resistance. 
open arms, you know, we accept that resistance with the hug. And you want to see something run? <laughs> you talking about scared because that's going to give some. That's going to give them the emotional reaction of, of tears, not fears. And that love, that's going to be love because it's going to be a reminder of whatever they have been, you know, running from all that time was really a hug. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, peace. They don't want peace or positive energy always creates elevation. So the last word, the last word and the first word of that statement, positive elevation. They would rather have us have negative elevation than positive elevation. That's niece instead of peace. And we, you know what niece is? The niece sauce meat. You ever had that? The niece sausage. I mean, I'm just, I know, I remember that going up. It was like a little pack, but it was called niece, N-E-E-S-E. But um, peace is a, is, is a word. It describes something that is permanent. You know what I'm saying? Because what is what was new doing, or what was the immunity doing, or what was the primordial waters doing before it became uh, before it moved? It was peace. It was non movement. What they call Wuchi in Chinese or whatever. But that non movement is peace, and that's inner peace. So you know when we sit in a meditation or do a meditative practice, even if it's the mind. You know what I'm saying? That peace is also where we attain, retain and cultivate the energy to be able to have certain activities processed and properly within the body so that we, you know, won't be introduced to bad health in the long run. So, yeah, thanks, you know what I'm saying, for that. It was something I, I, when he spoke on it, I, I looked it up. On the, the internet back then, I downloaded the PDF about the uh, the Iron Mountain report. So Iron, you know, saying mountain, go back to mind. So Iron Man, Iron Mind, you know, saying mountain is speaking on mind. Iron Mind, or Iron Mind, man. And what is the iron relating to? Is uh, the core or the inner workings of the planet Earth? So the inner, something that we can't see. You know, we see the outer. We see how strong or how weak someone may be on the outer, or how frail or feeble it may be. But in the inner core, that iron is there. The iron is very strong. You know, so that's a give thanks to the brother, Dr. Devil Blair, because his iron man, his iron body, that's something that we couldn't see. Like, a lot of people couldn't see, like you talk about, but that uh, that brother here, he, has, he got his iron body on, you know what I'm saying, doing his iron man thing right now. You know what I'm saying? Opening up some portals, you know, flying through there, doing his thing, <laughs> busting through busting through them dark holes and, and bringing out some light on the other side of the Milky Way. If you would speak on as Milky or Michelle is a deck being that uh, a member of the Akron. So within that order, we speak on the Milky Way, um, but we also speak on Michelle's deck. And how it it represents or tied into the title of Milky Way. But also, uh, you just look at the word Milky, you know what I'm saying? So Milky Way or Milky the deck or Michelle the deck. Mel meaning dark, she, energy is a zodiac, or the deck, 
be righteous. So the righteous um, black spirit or the righteous black energy, you know what I'm saying? That's Michelle's the deck and that's the Milky Way. But that Milky Way is uh, that's, that's that um, portal that we are in right now. This is the galaxy, so to speak, on the external that we are in right as we speak. But we also have the same internal galaxy hovering above a pomegranate. You know, and that internal reality needs a little fuel at times. This um, mothership type, um, bird type, well, we could call it Nibiru. So Nepheru or Nephew, Nepheru, you know, some speak on uh, Nepheru or Nibiru as uh, the planet of the crossing, planet crosses the sky. It's, um, Zachariah Stitching speaks on the 10th planet, Nibiru. In the Bible, they call it Wormwood. That's uh, Revelation 18, eight, chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. It says, uh, the third angel uh, sounded his horn, and the great star fell from heaven and fell on the earth, on the third part of the rivers and on the fountains of the waters. And the name of the star was Wormwood. The third part of the water became Wormwood. And, man, and many, many people died of the waters because they were made bitter. And, you know, Wormwood is uh, also a star. You know, so it ain't a dragon like I thought it was. Something coming out of the sky, we, you know, all that gnashing teaching. <laughs> It's different reality that we can look at to say what that is. But uh, speaking on Nibiru, some say that Nibiru, you know, it's a, it, it is an external value of uh, basically a representation of the holographic effects that are, are beaming out of our internal project or projector. So as we refocus that light and that sound, you know, you have the Milky Way's right there. Or, or, or not, but in, in the actuality, but it's also with the, uh, as far as Nibiru, Nib, Light, and Nibiru, well, um, the Heavy Light, Nib. Also, uh, golden, golden light. So the golden light, Nephew, is within whole one part of self. Brother, the um, so the Nibiru, the golden light, or uh, Nephu, the planet of the crossing, planet X, called the planet of the crossing, crossed there 3,600 3, years. Say, um, this 3,600 years is also equivalent if you look at the math on it, 360. What's 360? 360 is uh, something they call what we call uh. The microcosmic orbit, the Tishin, the divine cycle, 
Nitishin or Shin Nitit. Nitit meaning divine. Shin means cycle or infinite cycle. So the divine infinite cycle. That's my cosmic orbit. That's 360 degree cycle. This is talking about 3,600 years ago on this, uh, dealing with the processional equinox, you know, the 25,700 years, roughly something around there. This takes place, hold on one second, let me get the math on that to make sure I'm saying it right. 25,000, um, Hey, here we are. Uh, uh, what a word. You think of this thing? You think too much? No more about my car than I do about my body. Um, 25,720 is what I said, but why can't you find stuff when you want to. It always it be right there. Twenty five thousand nine hundred sixteen. That's uh, it corresponds to the number of years it takes for the most solar system to be circled in the heavens. Twenty five thousand nine hundred and twenty um breaths a day is what is that's the average rate of eighteen breaths per minute. That's twenty five thousand nine hundred and twenty. It's uh, 18 breaths per minute times the um, calorie used up, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where we are now. And most people are breathing in at the rate of uh, 10 breaths per minute. That is the 18 equals 666. And that is the number and rate of which the beast or the animal soul is. And we are in what we call the Iron Age. The Iron Age is the Kali Yuga, the last of the, of the ages of the three ages, the golden, the silver, iron. No copper is with copper, then iron, if I'm not mistaken. But um, we're now in the last age, going back into the golden age. We're, we're wrapping up this Kali Yuga, what's called. But within... So we'll be dealing with these breaths, which is an actuality in relation to the um, sort of um, position of the effort in the 25,920 years, as well as it correlates to 3,600 years and 2,160, well, the 2,160 years. 2,160 is uh, 2,160 is 72 times 30. Right? So 2160 is, is basically one aeon or age inside of the um, astrology. So if you go um, 72 times 30, you get 2160. If you go 2160 times 12 or 72 times 360, you will get 25,920 years. And all that goes back into nine. It all adds up to uh, nine. If you add up, three sixty is nine. Seventy two is nine. Two one six zero is nine. Two five nine two zero. It also adds to nine. So that gives way to birth. 
and you will also see why nine is very important in life for some reason. Uh, 18 breaths to 72 pulses. And so that goes into that 666 again as far as... Uh, being that most people on the planetary level right now are not conscious of the breathing apparatus and the importance of breath. So that you know, like I said, one breath, if we average one breath per minute, that is a, a technique called um, pranayama or kumbhaka in meditation, and it takes us directly to our divine nature, to our immortal self, our higher self. It, it's almost like um, being asleep but you're still um, coherent. At three breaths per minute, we are at satya. Satya, yuga. The Maya yuga is the the last yuga. It's the yuga. There is one breath, satya yuga. Is the ability to initiate all knowledge with uh, the three breaths per minute. So roughly that'll be like 20 seconds per breath. You know, I'm just holding it for 20 seconds. Then exhale. You know what I'm saying? Keep moving. So yeah, I'm going to go get my nephew. Give thanks. Um, Iron shirt, so before we go, I'll speak on the iron shirt, and I'm going to go, I'm going to put on Dr. Taylor Gary. Iron shirt, he's dealing with iron man, the iron body. The iron shirt is, is like I was saying, the muscles of the body that is the iron body. You can't see this body in the core of the earth. You know what I'm saying? It's under the, the framework of the earth. But this iron body is what... Uh, I'm going to just read some of this uh, right here. Iron Shirt Qigong, an ancient Kung Fu practice. This is out of Iron Shirt Qigong by Mata Chia. Uh, Kung Fu was practiced in China long before the advent of firearms during the golden period. The training began in very early youth. The students first worked to develop internal power or inner strength through organ exercises and endeavor, an endeavor that could take as long as 10 years. In ancient times, internal power was cultivated until it could be felt flowing out of the hands. With weights tied to the legs, the practitioner ran and jumped and prescribed weights for over three hours a day until eventually he could jump easily to great heights while at the same time further developing his internal power. Only after these exercises were mastered were actual fighting techniques taught. Iron Shirt Qigong, a method of Kung Fu, was taught as a protective training, one that provided internal power through the practice of external techniques. The Iron Shirt practitioner was protected against the effects of blows to his vital organs and glands. Primary places where life force energy or chi is produced. Being on the receiving end of an internal power in martial arts can be compared to being struck by a steel rod as opposed to one that is made of soft plastic. The Qigong practitioner of old practiced one punch for years until he could feel the power go out of the lower part of his hand while the rest of his body seems as though made of steel. The benefits of internal power can improve general health and is thought to have maintained youthfulness. The development of internal power also helps perfect mental faculties, enabling the practitioner to have knowledge of many things. One reads that during the bowling period, there were eight immortals who spent most of their lives in the practice of internal power and developing extraordinary abilities as a result. They could predict the future and see into the past. They are said to have been capable of space 
travel and the clairvoyance and clairaudience. It was also said that during that period, many people had at least some such powers that was as a result of widespread kung fu practice. With the invention of gunpowder and the subsequent development of firearms, men no longer felt the need to spend a decade or more of their lives learning skills that suddenly seemed impractical and unnecessary. With firearms as weapons, a man could now defend himself or at least cause great damage while standing at a great distance from his enemy. Contact fighting became a thing of the past, and much knowledge that was useful to humanity was lost. Today, however, as people begin to recognize depersonalizing and unhealthy effects of technology, there has been a revival of interest in the simpler ways of life. Thus, Kung Fu, a means of perfecting the inner self, is one is once again in the limelight. Yes, once again, well, it ain't really like it ain't been out the limelight. Just a lot of people have taken in martial arts for the wrong purpose. And that's a uh, self-defense, not health defense. You know, which is it's good to learn self-defense, but it's better to know that I'm healthy and, you know, not mentally aggressive, but I'm healthy mentally before I go out here and there is some type of conflict that needs to be taken care of. I want to be mentally healthy. Just, you know, when you're mentally healthy, you can see things before it happens. So maybe we wouldn't even be in that situation beforehand. Because mentally, we would. But, uh, so that iron, that iron body is basically fascia, but it's something that I'm going to read something else out of here. Iron shirt, she young, is designed to gradually reabsorb the chi life force back into the bone which can then be transformed into the bone marrow to strengthen the bone structure. I sure burns fat and strengthens the bones. Food, nutrients, nutrition is taken to the body, but it's not required by the body, and it turns the fat and stored in the outer layers of fascia. When the fascia is filled with chi, the tendons are strengthened, and the bones hold together as one structural unit. When the fascia is weak, the muscles are weak, and the bone structure will not hold together. Similarly, when the muscles are weak, both the fascia and the tendons are weak. The muscles are not used. They diminish in size and strength, as does the fascia that contains them in tendons. So that's the iron shirt. Um, the iron shirt strengthens the fascia. The fascia, they call it in uh, Chinese, you know, but the fascia, it connects all tendons and muscle, muscles and ligaments together. And it, it uh, is actually what is strengthening the muscles. Before the muscle tightens, it is what's connecting all those other pieces together. So if that's strong, like you spoke on, then if that's extra strong, then everything else will be even extra strong. So I'm sure Qigong's are, are exercises that increase the strength of your internal organs, but also increases the fascia or the iron body is what it's called back in the day on um, the aristocrats or the diplomats or the people of uh, recognition in China or, or, or whatnot, where they had some few like that for that time, where it became very popular, um, they would employ the martial artists as bodyguards because they had the iron body. And they knew or thought, cases, they knew that this iron body would, in effect, be uh, less vulnerable to attacks as far as uh, people that would attack those that had um, high stature in the community at that time, like people with money and stuff, walking around with a lot of stuff and shit, you might get robbed. So they had these bodyguards that had the iron body that wouldn't get beat up. Also, they wouldn't penetrate like the um, steel or, or 
displayed to whatnot wouldn't penetrate your skin as quickly as someone that didn't practice 10 years. So, you know, we've seen in movies where, you know, one of the Kung Fu masters get cut or something, and they look at the wound, and, and they they wipe the hand over the wound, and they look at the opponent. They might even lick the blood. Like, oh, dude, that's clutch me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they go in on them like, oh, you just cut me, and I'm about to drink this blood. It's my energy. I'm, you don't know. Let me relax my shoulders real quick and breathe in this oxygen. <laughs> you just cut me. <laughs> yeah, then go in on them, buddy. But uh, so that's that's the reason why they had that iron body. So the bodyguards or whatever for those uh, individuals would uh. We're going through that process of learning Qigong at a very early age. First, back in the day before Tai Chi was even taught, uh, one would learn the microcosmic orbit or learn how to meditate for about three years. And then they would go into Qigongs, like Iron Shirt Qigongs, about five to ten years. And then by the time they were 15 or 16, they would start showing forms and applications. They would be learning, you know, basic, like uh, fundamental stances, postures, Stances meaning foot positions and then hand movements, as well as postures, but wouldn't learn the full form for a few years and then start applying some of the applications to the forms, to memory, and uh, whatnot, and working on it from there. But first, yeah, it was internalized and everything. First, we internalized it. We look at it on the external first, and that, that's what it's going to be always. But if we look at it from a spiritual perspective or from the intelligence for keeping it in, in perspective, like uh, let's keep this together by the means that it was put together. Because I don't think in creation there was a, a sign-off, you know, or something on a piece of paper said, uh, you know, kill, hate. You know, that's that's what creation is about. That well, that's what you know God, so to speak, is about. I don't. I mean, that's an aspect, that's a side of, but that is not what we would call God. It's just, that is the, the representation of the opposite end of what we would speak on in love on that pole. If it was about collapse, emotion. Yet still, that emotion is, is not movement. It's not energy emotion. It's just differentiated. So there's non-movement. And in that non-movement, there is no real what we would call love or hate. But basically, it's peace. And if you move or transcribe that word peace into a definitive, it will be basically my eyes, and then my eye or inner peace in, inside of a what we call chaos, or that order. You know, my eye is also could be balance and also could be um, order, but it's love as well. So my eye continues for me love, and that love is basically the opposite of fear, but it could also be looked at as peace, and, and, uh, and non-movement would be peace. So that's love. You know what I'm saying? Peace be still, right? So that's what we're doing like that. Same time, keep still. And also, I'm about to peel out. I think uh, I'm good though. But girl society is the old old joint that uh, girl society something like a common girl is common in in um, the German secret societies. Back in uh, Hitler's day, it is uh, the girl is similar to what we would call chi, uh, ki, uh, kundalini, prana, well, not all those different types of energy. Girl force is what they they call it. 
but just very forced. Going what I'm what I'm getting back to is the Black Sun. Very forced. We're basically gonna get back into Superman. What Superman? Uh, Superman is called the Man of Steel. Correct. And the Man of Steel um, was made, or steel is made of carbon and iron. Right. So carbon is key, basically, is the intelligence or virile force. It has connection to it, but virile force ties into, um, we'll go back in time a little bit. I spoke on it before, but back in uh, the 1900s, well, in Hitler's day, they were looking for this virile force. So he took it and he got these things called spelunkers and they went down there. In 1936, they went down into uh, caves mining all over Europe for this world energy. And uh, they even went to Antarctica and uh, went for the, they looked for the uh, south, the hole in the South Pole, you know what I'm saying, that uh, they call Soul Earth, you know what I'm saying? But uh, they, they what, the, what has been mentioned just, or leaked out or whatnot is that they found it. And then when they, what they found was uh, they made contact with this unknown Superman, the superhumans in what was called the Rainbow City or uh, Shambhala. And uh, in this Rainbow City, this in the Rainbow City, is also to be it could coincide through with the Wise by Fritz, that Fritz Strindemeyer dude, uh, where they had the, the rainbows somewhere over the rainbow thing, the program is right there because that was all in the same around the same arena of time as well. So this uh burrow is this energy that they say they were looking for in the, in the core of the planet Earth. Right, so they're digging holes into the earth, looking for key. What they found was this superhuman race, and and that was what this key that they looked for. They were looking for was named. Uh, they called it the Black Sun. Right, the Black Sun. And when they got down there, instead of finding this Black Sun, what they found was a black man, the blonde hair, blue eyes. Right, you know what I'm saying? So they went down there digging in this cave, these caves, so to speak. They dig into the mine, and when they got down there, what's the most, what's one of the most prominent um, elements in the planet Earth? Iron. Right, so they go and digging in the planet Earth looking for iron. You mix iron with carbon, you get steel, you get the man of steel, you know what I'm saying? So you <laughs> get so you get the Man of Steel, which is Superman, and then this is 1938 when they was doing this, and guess what came out? The first Superman comic came out in 1938. They were digging and found um, the so-called superhuman race in 1937, and uh, between 1936 and 1938. So this superhuman race of Superman, they um, broadcasted this information from seeing trying to see by way of uh, Superman and different and all these other different so-called comics and uh, superhero uh, shows or whatever. What they were really talking about was us and our inner reality. Even if they were looking in these holes and they found something like that, that is still 
an external value of, of representation of what's going on in every single individual way to do itself on planetary level right now. So we are superhuman. They found them already, you know what I'm saying? And they found us. That's why they study us so much and they know so much about us. They say that you should know more about your enemy than you know about your friends. So, of course, they thinking that we're in. I mean, we, it's like mom and daddy. We don't necessarily. Growing up, we don't like our mom and daddy. We spoke on it. I've spoke about this before where, you know, we don't really want our mom telling us what to do and our daddy telling us what to do. You know what I'm saying? That's the same with them. With, well, I'm, you know, with Caucasian race folks, Caucasian race, being that mom and daddy is the melanated or the first order entity, sometimes we, you know, can be overbearing. But you know, with being a child, I know that I didn't, I was, I didn't always want to listen to my mom and daddy. I didn't want to be around all the time until it was later on in life, or when it was too late. Basically, that passed, you know, or something like that. And then that's when you really see, like, oh, wow, mom and daddy, I need you. So uh, it's something that's going to be stated inside of uh, what Dr. Blair is going to mention. He said something about the Milky Way and all these different galaxies and all these different um, dimensions. But there's one thing to show about all these galaxies, they have stars. And if there's one thing to show about stars, stars give off wet. There's one thing about light and heat. In order to survive in any arena of life um, properly and healthy, that had light and heat going into that area or into that environment, you must have melanin as a protective layer. You have to have some type of coloring within or externally to absorb that energy properly. So with all these different stars all over this universe, the so-called the external universe, within those planets will be melanated beings because they need melanin within their skin to survive. So if you take the melanin away, if you take mom and daddy away, guess what's going to happen to the children? First, they're going to be like, dang, I wish I would have told mom and daddy I loved them before they left. Now I, I don't know what to do. I can't even get nothing to eat. I don't know how to plant seeds properly. All I know is this my psycho seed. This is this shit die. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? How am I going to get a real seed to go some real food now? The niggas and the guys, they know how to do it. They probably, you know what I'm saying? You know, George Washington Copper, you know, things that are taught to some are naturally um, born in, uh, innately to others. You know, but, uh, that's melanin for you, you know. Give thanks. But yeah, that so that though he's gonna mention that, but if it, there is a you know, stars like that and that produce the Milky Way, that's what that's what he's mentioning, how all those stars that are flowing from the um, vortex of the galaxy, the center of the galaxy, are have this uh, orc and orc is dark matter, but all that light that we see and is coming and emitting, emitting from that, emanating out of that are stars. You know, so they call it the Milky Way because all the stars pouring from that central area looks like it looks like milk pouring out of a vessel. All right, so I'm about to run this real quick. Um, this is Doctor Devil Blair speaking on a few things. 
I'm I'm about to head out, so before I I'm I'm gonna put this commercial right here. This is uh get thanks to uh first world order. This is um commercial uh, about ancestry teas that Dr. Aleem and the Queen, Princess Kadir, um the Queen and the Princess, that's beautiful. <laughs> But this is what they uh what they have put together for uh, to advertise some of the some of the good teas, good herbal teas that they have. Um I think I'm gonna eat some of that myself. I got I also need some of that. What's it called? You could love it. And every once in a while after a really hard day workout that you could love would come in hand. So good things. Alright, I'm the uh oh, nine twenty two, that's right. I started at nine, uh I might be off the air as it is. But I'm gonna play it anyway. And if it stops, um, get thanks. And it was called um, Dr. Blair Speaks on the Coming Nibiru. Um, oh, dang, I don't know. But Dr. Blair Speaks on the Coming of Nibiru, Wormwood, and um, I think that's what the title was, 2014. I know it's Underground Railroad. If we do not have time to play it all the way through, I'm going to run it now, though, so I'll talk to you guys in a couple of, couple of peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. years ago, uh, Egyptians and Sumerians and wise people, again, the, 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 what, do you call the, what do you call the Zulu people, everyone that understood that there's a meta side of things, a metaphysical side of things, and a regular side of things. Meta is an above type of, of being. It's a thing that lets you get into the higher consciousness. So they've been talking about an eccentric planet in our system for the longest. It's had many names. Uh, they believe in what they would call, in many cases, the um, what well, used to call it uh, the planet Phaton, F-A-T-O-N, and that's the theory of a planet that has an eccentric orbit where it's coming around. Again, then they begin to call it Nemesis, and they call it then the Astro Nemesis. Then they begin to refer to it as the planet of the crossing. Then Wormwood, and finally now it gets its name back again, Nibiru. Now, there's something else that people should understand, too. And I know when you hear me talk, you say I'm out the box. I am. 
But this whole planet is out the box. People are out the box. And they better get into some kind of box that can sustain and protect them right in through now again. Because, you see, there's another planet we have called Chiron that has nothing to do with this eccentric planet coming around every 3,600 years. This is another planet in our system which they're just discovering or for some reason has hid. And it's just the same way now. It's, you know, one month they got Pluto, another month you don't even use Pluto. This place is crazy because we're finding out, beginning to understand that we've never been told real history. We've never been told the truth. We've been spoon-fed like little babies with a thing to keep us dumbed down, comatose, brainwashed, inoculated, vaccinated, and encrypted. Any two of which you make you useless to an ascending planet because they also put chips in you now. And when you start to get yourself straight, when these chips get through messing you up, mentally, physically, and spiritually, you're right back where you started from. And I've done interviews with people down in Tampa Bay, 2,500 people who are TI, technically invaded. The government or something has put some chips in there. They hear voices in their head. Their health is failing, all because they took these shots and vaccines or got kidnapped, or what do you want to call it, and these things were put in there. Sometimes they're put in at birth. You know, I tell people, be careful of those blank-to-blank shots that they want to give you. When these mothers make these babies in these hospitals, most of them government-controlled, they, they, they put chips in them. They're supposed to give you seven shots. And if the head nurse lets two people escape each year, she's fired, or he's fired. Because, again, they want you to be chipped. They want you to be controlled. Once you can understand this, once you can understand that most of the things we've been taught are lies, now you begin to respect metaphysics. Now you begin to respect what I say. And as I've been saying before, all these things are not just becoming. It's just that now they're becoming to me because people are now seeing, hey, something's wrong. There's something dangerous out here. We have 13 major religions, and we have 285 sects, S-E-C-T-S. In other words, these offshoots of what? Well, uh, that have no basic religion, but people still follow. In fact, most of the wars on this planet have been fought over religion. The wars right now happen in Malaysia. Well, I say it's Malaysia because they keep picking on the Malaysian. Happen in Syria, happen in Dahomey, all over the place. Same thing again. You got Christians. You got Christians now being crucified. And it's very interesting, too, because they're crucifying the Christians because they don't believe in Christ. So when you say that, you cannot say planetary. You have to say in whatever religious belief you've chosen to, to steep yourself in, and now you got somebody that's not going to like you because they have a different religion. More for more wars fought on religion, then it's for land, then it's for race. Oh, this is what most of the stuff is based on. So I would say this so-called Christ consciousness in Jesus has nothing to do with anything. That's just one religious belief, and it's not the largest religion in the world. The three other religions have more followers than that. It's just that we hear it here in the United States so much that we even dare to even call a religion after the Christ. Well, a God is whoever you take it. When I say about a universal mind and a universal creator, I like to use the phrase, Universal Prime Creator. That's what I call that. Now, some people call God the Universal Prime Creator. To me, we're all gods. Gods and goddesses unaware because we've been incarnate here so long and messed up so long. We've gotten just, we, we do so much bad we can't get away from our reincarnation simply because we didn't understand that there's no such thing as a good religion because until you can understand that you have a soul and can go directly to your Creator, you're going to worship somebody who's going to put an ATM machine on you, are going to put some donations on you, 
We're going to put some servitude on you. We're going to put some barren, messed up food on you. And this is what we have to understand. We don't need churches. The church and God is the temple of the Creator, which means simply our bodies are our temples. We should worship these temples. We should try to protect these temples. We should serve these temples as the temples serve us. Uh, you know, they, they had this human genome project, which they finished up, I think it was about 2004, they finished it. And I shuddered. I said, oh, my God, okay? But I didn't say, oh, my creator, but that's what I meant. What have they done now? They said we have, what they use it, some kind of crazy figure, 7 trillion cells in our body. And both of these cells now are, are messed up cells because we, we, they mess up our water, our food, our air, everything again. And I said, well, if this is the case, then that means we got 7 trillion times to screw up simply because all those cells started with um, a sperm cell and an egg. It formed a zygote and adhered to the uterine wall. And from there it grew, which means that if we have 7 trillion cells, as they say, I don't know, maybe we do, then that means you have 7 trillion cells who you're supposed to be the boss of because you created them. You got together with a female, and you created this particular uh, cell, and this cell is now grown. So it means, again, if this is the case, then they should be serving us. Most cases, we lost sight of them when we were born, because, like I say, most of the people were born in hospitals. Most, very few had still, I mean, had uh, what they call virgin births, or very few had births that were not contained in a hospital. It means that automatically you got your babies messed up, because they gave them those seven shots, including hepatitis C. It means with all the genetically modified foods, all the messed up water, all the fluoride they put in the stupid water, and people are brushing their baby's teeth with fluoride and then wondering why their teeth are mottling. All these things come from ignorance. But the ignorance was placed here, first of all, by our captors, these dracons, and that's where you can trace most of these things. And the ones that serve them are called the Illuminati. They're here to keep you dumbed down, comatose, brainwashed, inoculated vaccinated and encrypted and serving their masters who they worship. And, of course, for them, for them, they give them all the money they want. They give them all the land they got. They don't have to worry about taxes. They do everything they want to do because those, the gods that they worship are not the ones that you would worship. They worship dracons. Most of them are called short name Illuminati. So that's one, you know, we can kind of get into that even more deep. I want to say some other thing, too, because... I've done this so many times, I mean, I, I consider that everybody knows. But if people say, well, you, you name some of these religions and stuff and some of these other uh, saviors. Well, it, it, it's so easy to find. You've got in, in Japan, you had Zaha, okay? And they had that for a long time. Uh, in China, you had Fuhai. Now, Fuhai and Zaha meant that the Chinese and the Japanese had different religions, and people forget this. Back in the 1920s and 30s, the Chinese and the Japanese fought each other like mad. They can't stand each other. They were fighting. They had two different gods. And, of course, they even had two different flags. The, the, the Japanese said that they had the seven rays of consciousness, so they had seven rays in their in their flag. But they used to fight each other. There's a reason they stopped, but there was two there. Scandinavia, they got these redheads and bronze and stuff. They still worship a black man. The guy's name was Tyre, T-Y-R, Tyre. Again, that's where we have to get the word Tyre, but we spell it differently again. In Mexico, they had what? They had Extilton. They had uh, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, they had some nom... No, that's a different one. But anyway, all of these were black. These were Negroid-looking, uh, dark-colored people that they worshipped again. 
uh, in Siam, you had uh, some Namnikam. That's the one I always think about because I was getting into a big debate with the guy this Saturday over that. In India, they had Krishna. This is why I tell people that there is no such thing as a Native American Indian. Now, when I say that, everybody goes crazy. Oh, you step too far. You don't know what you're talking about. There is no Native American Indian. First of all, there's no places in America. America is a very recent word. Some say by Rigo Vespucio. But one of the old names, the oldest name I can find for this land was in Calia. But the Indians came here from India. Other than that, the Indians had names. Their names were like Caribs and Zuni and Choctaws and Seminoles. It all meant that they were on this land, but they were sometimes indigenous to this land. Everybody thinks everybody had to be brought here from Africa. Black people were here and in Africa and in all these other lands. This is why I say it's kind of confusing and Religion makes it even more confusing because religion takes it to another step that wasn't even necessary. You know, as I say again, it just goes on and on. And by the way, too, some of these um, names of their gods actually means black. Uh, it actually caused that. For instance, again, the Egyptian, they had, um, what do they call this? I know there's one I used to read about the history of China, volume one again. Uh, it was called his name, the name they called him Osiris, the greatest Egyptian god. Osiris means Lord of the Perfect Black. The chief god, again, of the, um, of the uh, what do they call these people, these, uh, in Italy and so on and so forth, again, was Zeus. Then you had another one, Krishna. Krishna was a blue blood god. So it just shows to go here that we've been so subjugated by a, a religion that serves as a, as, a, as a politics, because some people's religion is politic, political, and that's where you can see the big wars going on now and now and there now with, with um, you know, in um, oh, Syria and with Israel and with uh, Saudi Arabia. All of these have different gods. So I just simply say these religions have taken us off the beaten track into the hells that we have here now. This is why this planet is such a hell, because of all these religions, all these wars, all these killings, and all, all these my gods better than your god thing. Um our planet has been chosen by the universal prime creator who made this planet and made us stay on this planet again. Our planet has a, 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 a much more dimensions than we're taught. And our planet, in many cases, serves at least five basic races, red, yellow, brown, white, and black. But it also serves others who live on this planet. So in 2004, another planet came into our system. Uh, after 2004 and after a while, it began to be that if you were in the United States or in really anything uh, below the uh, above the equator, if you were in the United States, again, and the sun set, you couldn't even look at it if you're driving uh, west, when the sun set in the west, because it's so bright, because there was two of them. That was the longest I had the hardest time making people believe that. But now, if you go on the Internet, they got pictures all over the place of the second sun. They got them in Italy. They got them in Europe. They got them in Africa. They got them in Greece. They got them in Germany. They got them in Polynesia. They got them in Hawaii. The second sun is there. Well, now we got a third sun, and that's where we have to now get into this Nibiru thing and, and getting into this whole thing because there is a third sun now that is supposedly seven times larger than we are, than our planet. 
Of course, if it were shining as it would be, we'd not only be blinded, we'd be scared stiff and dwarf. Well, it would begin to show itself starting next year. And it is seven times larger than we are. But that's the sun that we're going to have to use to take us out of this system into a new system. Now, when I went to school, you know, I mean, I'm in school. I was in school for so long, but I've been out so long now. But back when I was going into my for my degrees and stuff and doctorate and all this stuff, they told me that there was only one sun. Well, now of course we understand that there are two suns. Now, of course, we must understand that there is another sun. And they also told me that we were in the Milky Way galaxy. Now these astronomers and and physicists and astrophysicists and meteorologists are talking about now that no, we got a new sun, and this new sun is going to take us into the Milky Way galaxy. Well, they lied to me then. Either we were already in it, on the fringes or something else and didn't know the name of it, or now they're discovering that we are now going into the thing you said we were on before. Either way, it shows the backwardness of the teaching system, the backwardness of astronomers and, and other lies, better that they tell us. They might be forward, but they make us backward because we're trained. They don't educate us. They train us. I tell people again, you don't educate a person that you're going to dominate because that person, about second or third generation, will dominate you. So we've been miseducated. We're just beginning to wake up now that we are miseducated. And if you go up on the Internet now, you see references to, to nemesis and so on like that. Our second planet could be called Wormwood, but I say it's not. It's a planet of its own choosing. Wormwood and nemesis and all is another planet which has an eccentric orbit that comes around about now, and that's what they also. So it gets very confusing when you understand that we've never been taught the truth, so therefore the truth now sounds like a lie. You have to start coming into prominence about the end of next year. Because by 2000, we're going from kindergarten to grad school, and we must be in grad school by 2016. Because our planet has got a, a limited time for it. Because okay. the sun, this new sun that we have now, is changing vibrations. Because the creator, the universal prime creator, now i got to go back and differentiate, has so degreed that our planet Earth has suffered long enough, has had crazy and beastly people on it for long enough, and now she's going to get a reprieve. She's going from the third dimension into the fifth dimension. And that seemingly has never been done, and when it's done, it's done very seldom in all of our galaxy, in our universe, in our cosmos. But the Earth has been granted that reprieve, which means that we're already now getting into the fourth dimension, uh, that's because you can tell that because people are seeing shadow people out of the corner of their eyes. They're beginning to see things and uh, dark shadows and stuff simply because we're beginning to look into a new dimension. We're beginning to develop psychic sight so we can see into the higher dimensions. In fact, what is very interesting, on the higher dimensions, um, like I say, we're on the third dimension. There's only two dimensions lower than that, and I don't even want to, I don't even want to deal with that. Whatever that is, that's, that's got to be oblivion. But we're now getting to the fourth dimension. As I say, people are seeing shadow people. They're seeing, they're, they're going into astral projection. They're getting into all these kind of things in which they now can become more psychic. They're beginning to see the nimbus, the auroric field. They've always been able to do it, but now it's beginning to happen in mass. So people are waking up. And as we get into that dimension, we're now in the dimension where most of these dracons live. Some of them have made it to the fifth dimension, but very few. Most of them dwell specifically on the fourth dimension. 
Well, that's why now people are seeing shadow people. They're seeing these dracons and stuff. They're seeing these guardians like Yetes and Sasquatch that guard the inner world where these people live. So everything is coming out. It's just that it's now coming out in almost like a lexicon or a, a mass puzzle. You've got to take the pieces and put the pieces into the proper fit to get the proper puzzle. Most people haven't even got to square one, and those that have now are the ones that are waking up to metaphysics, beginning to church, beginning to try and find out what they do when they come out of their bodies at night, astral travel and remote viewing. These are the people that are waking up, and they're the ones, of course, that want to get faster in vibration, so they got to give up genetically modified food because all that slows them down, and all they do is get caught up in these, these, these astral hells and going through these dimensions and getting... Caught up, you know, and this is a thing. So that's the difference between those that are trying to clean up their act and vibrate faster versus those ignorant ones who are still eating the hamburgers 15 for a penny. For instance, they have the step pyramids down at Tiwanaku, down at Chocola. And these are step pyramids. That's the one these winged creatures used to come down on in their big airplanes, and they land them up there and then walk down these big gangplanks and all. That's why the treads and rises on those things are so broad. They're not for people. They're for huge people. They're for, they're for aliens, if you want to call it that. So anyway, the references were to it. We are, we are under control. These creatures have been here. They are still in here. And as we get closer to going into the real Milky Way galaxy, oh, that's another thing, too. These meteorologists, these astronomers, these astrophysicists are telling you that the... Um, Milky Way galaxy has a Oort cloud. That's O O R T cloud. An Oort cloud turns out to be seven um, dark matter, and 75% of this Milky Way galaxy, in the center of it, is dark matter. And this is why they now even say that dark matter precedes light, that the light comes from dark matter. And this is where they say, well, now you're racist. No, I'm racial. Racists have been against most black people for the longest because they envy the dark matter. And that's what we have. That's where you start talking about melanin and the pineal gland. That's where you start talking about the Oort cloud. And it's interesting, too, because the reason why they call it the Milky Way galaxy, and I think most people know that, is because there's so many suns in there in the Milky Way galaxy that it looks like almost like droplets of milk that if you just pour it, it's just like a Milky Way, a whole path of that. Well, if they're suns, that means in many cases they're going to be planets around them. So now you've got a real conundrum. What is so huge to be able to have trillions of suns and 2,000 and so suns and then still have planets around it? That means space is highly occupied. Space is highly dense. There's got to be other life forms on that if you've got that much going because it's just insane to think that all this was made for people who don't even know it's there who would never wake up. No, we got to wake up quickly, and we got to begin to face the fact that we're nothing. We're little, we're little mitochondria, and this planet we are is nothing but a cell. But for right now, it's going to be a big cell, and we can still address it as that cell with the sun and so on like that. They talk about black holes. They talk about uh, dark mat, dark uh, dark matter. Um, the original creation is all darkness. That's why there's more darkness than light, because the light has come from the darkness. And you heard his turn, and you know, let there be light. And we spoke, and there was light, uh, and all this stuff. But if you remember, like Moses and stuff, Moses supposedly was uh, was black, but he stuck his hand in that, and brought out, and it was white. Blackness is everywhere. 
That is dark matter. That is black holes. That is, from the darkness, everything has been. So there's got to be more darkness in space than there can ever be light because it's the light that came from the darkness, not the darkness that came from the light. When you look at that, then you have to start getting to our central vortex. You have to start talking about, well, what is the cosmos? Then you have to start asking, well, what is the universe? Then you have to start asking, well, what is the nebulae? Then you have to start asking, what is a constellation? Then you have to start asking, what is a solar system? And then from that, we've got to get into because within all of that, like on Earth, you got three different things here. you got this place used to be called Terrestris. So now we have people inside the Earth. This is when they start about Richard Byrd and all these other things, Dr. Henson, Matthew Henson. Well, dark matter is simply uh, Terrestris. Terrestris is people who live inside the planet. Terrestrial is those who live on the planet. So you got interterrestrials, then you got extraterrestrials. Those are the ones that live in the sky, like the leprechauns and the fairies and stuff like this. This place is as complicated as you want to make it. It's as simple as you want to take it. It's a matter of how much research can you take, how much can you expand your consciousness, and how much truth can you. Well, there's an old phrase, so is in the microcosm, so is in the macrocosm. So is in the smallest of my work, so is in the largest of my work. Well, I always use that phrase again, there's no truth to you decide what truth is, because based on your consciousness, that's what you get. If you're a dummy and you can't wake up, you stay dumb and can't wake up, because you won't wake up. But the signs are always there. Every night we die. Think about that. Every night we die. If you, as if you're nocturnal. If you die on it and you have to sleep in the daytime, every time you go to sleep, you come out of your body and you die. The heart rate usually slows down unless you're having a wild dream. Your respiration, is, everything goes down. And you come out of your body. We have to come out of our body because we're not the body. We are souls in a body. We use the body. Once you can understand, like any utensil, you're using the body, now you know you got to come out of it. Now the thing is, some people use it better than others. Some cooks are better than others. Some people use more spices and things. They have a variety of food. So it's according. If you're a dummy, then you come out of your body and you sleep because you're taking drugs and pharmaceuticals. And most pharmaceuticals, all pharmaceuticals are drugs. So you don't know what you're doing. Why? Because nobody taught you. Because they didn't teach you that you have a soul. If you did, they didn't tell you your soul came out of your body. They didn't tell you that you were of the body and not of, uh, and not in the in the body, but of the body. That's why now they're talking about the matrix and Sylvia Short and all this. Because the matrix tried to show you we're in a matrix, we're in a hologram, we're in a fairy tale. And once you wake up to that, then you can come out of that, create your own matrix, create your own reality. But most of us now, we're still busy at worshiping the body. We don't understand that the body is just a small utensil, and we will lose it eventually. And unless you understand how to make another body or reincarnate, you will cease to exist. It's very important to wake up at this time. If you don't wake up at this time, you're never going to wake up. I am a definite affirmating that there's many races in space. How many? That's debatable. But... It means, again, that if you can believe that there are races in space, then these races have got to originate somewhere. And they originate, in many cases, on planets. In some cases, they originate on moons that orbit planets, such as like when you get in Jupiter and Saturn, because they're, not, they're gaseous. The life forms in them are very high-dimensional. So most of the other life forms live on the moons that orbit those planets. So when they say there's a people from Saturn and Jupiter, they don't really mean Saturn and Jupiter. They mean one of Jupiter's 12 moons or one of Saturn's 13 moons or 14 moons. I think they boosted it to now. Or one of Mars's two moons. Uh, you know, 
This is why I say, again, you have to start from scratch because most of us have been miseducated, and the most of us are really terrible. The ones that have been the most miseducated think that they're educated. They're not. They're trained. They're trained to hold a job. They're trained to believe conceptions that are not even true. And then they're reinforced by the church, which tells them what there is only one one God, one Jesus, and all this kind of stuff. So that's ignorance now. To believe in that is not to believe in metaphysics. To not believe in the metaphysics is to never find truth. I believe more in the metaphysical books than I ever have any of the biblical books, even though many of those biblical books and stuff have many chapters to them, and many of those things are already uh, in metaphors. If you could just understand the metaphor, what we take for truth and solidity is metaphor and, and, and metaphysical. Well, how can I say? In my father's house, there are many mansions. That's an indirect quote. Um, in some of the biblical texts, again, there's a passage, I think it's near Ephesus or something, that, and it came to pass that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair, and they went and they chose of them who they would, and they went unto them, and unto them were born mighty men, and there were giants in the earth, so on and so forth again. But we've had these different races that live out here on these other planets that have come from time to time to this particular planet. And we confuse those with gods. We confuse those with old wives and old, and old husbands' tales. But it's not. These are the truths about a, his story. And, of course, his story is the one that they started back in uh, about 1980, what is it, 1895, 2000, University of Chicago with John David Rockefeller, so Finders Petrie, where they started all this new teaching. Nobody even knew what they were talking about, so they had to train you. In order to get sabbatical and tenure, you had to learn this new history and go out and teach it. Then they hid all the books in the, in the libraries in the basements and, stuff and studied. It's the same thing again. Once you expand your consciousness, everything I'm saying will remain true because as an old soul, you knew these things. But we have to keep coming back into the fleshly body to prove that we knew these things. Well, this is our last time, our last two years, for coming back into the fleshly body to do it. Now, the fleshly body will be, it will no longer exist on the fifth dimension. This is why now languages will change. Uh, you know, we got a confused another thing, too, because of all these languages that we had. And, of course, we call it the Tower of Babel. Babylon and Babel means to babble. Uh, when you enter the fifth dimension, they don't use words. They use thoughts. And they read your mind. And this is what we all do is we get older or we get near death, we can begin to read people's minds. Because the words can this. That's why they made so many words. But the thoughts are there. So if you understand the thoughts, doesn't matter what the person's saying with words, you already know what they're thinking. This is when you become God. This is when you become higher dimensions, just simply because you're just beginning to use some, just beginning to use some of the powers you're supposed to have the energies we're supposed to have, but because of these dracons, because of misguiding and misteaching, we don't use any of them. 